What's shaking? Hey, it's Rick Jordan, and today we're going all in. My guest today is just, I'm pumped about this because he he's a CEO, right? Like me, obviously, but a best-selling author, an executive coach, a Forbes columnist, and founder of Accountability Inc. You know, it's all these things that the dude just has an amazing company that's out there, CEO Accountability, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Rhett Power, what's shaking, my man? Hey, brother. Uh, Rick, it's great to be on, man. It's uh, sounds like we're both on the road this week, but doing our thing, but I, I'm glad to be with you. That's what we do, right? And it's, uh, right. I think about this because I, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about CEO accountability, but it's, uh, it's an interesting concept to me because, I mean, even with, with this show right now, you, like you said, we're, we're just traveling, but yet we're still sticking to our schedules. And I'm sure there's way more insight than you have to accountability than just that. But it's a, we do what we need to do wherever we need to get it done. Amen to that. I mean, that's our job, right? Uh, we're, we're our job is to get it done. And, um, you know, and it's not, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's tough sometimes. Sometimes you make sacrifices. I know, I know you've, you've been, been there. Right, you've made those sacrifices. We all, we all do, um, but that's what we're here for. I mean, I, I think, you know, accountability is is often a scary word, right? It's something that we feel like is means that we've done something wrong, and 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 my whole mission is to sort of change that around, right? And 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 say, look, it, accountability is a value. It's not, it's not about doing right or wrong, and, and it's not about just being held accountable for, for results. It's about, it's really your whole ethos, man. I, I live in this world where I think, uh, you know, I feel accountable, not only to the results, but I feel accountable to the people. I feel accountable to the customer. I feel accountable to the product that we put out there. And, and to me, it's, it's more of a value than anything, uh, than just a word that that's sort of a scary word that people you know, use when something goes wrong. Yeah, no doubt. As you're talking through a lot of that too, it's, there's a lot that resonates with me on that. I I, I was, uh, I do these CEO talks every Monday morning with my entire company because we have different offices, right? Different physical offices across the U S right. And that was one way for me to be like, cause I, I, I hold myself accountability to the company's culture, to my company's culture. And right. the, there's no other person that can actually instill that, I believe, than the CEO. You know, other people can can get on board and can drink the Kool-Aid, if you want to call it that, and be sort of like ambassadors for the culture within the company. But the only one who sets that is the CEO. And I was talking this Monday about Tim Grover. I'm sure you know who that dude is. And yeah. he was talking about Michael Jordan and how you mentioned the sacrifices. And it, what he was saying really hit home because it's like Michael had games to play on Sundays. Michael had games to play on Christmas day when he couldn't play Santa Claus. And when it comes to that, I mean, that dude, Michael was the CEO of the bulls, man. No joke. It's like whatever he needs to do to get it done is what he did. Yeah, no, look, I mean, you're right. Like, so if you don't set the tone, right, if you don't set the, the, the course and the tone and the, um, the culture, Somebody else in the organization is going to set it, and it may not be what you want it to be, right? Because you know all of our organizations have influencers. All of our organizations have people who are leaders, maybe not entitled, but but lead, right? They're they're looked yeah. at as influencers and people that are important. 
Um, and so, but so, but if we don't, if we don't set that tone, if, if we as founders and, and CEOs don't set that tone and that culture, somebody else is going to set it for us. And, it, and it's probably not the one that we're going to want. Typically, and, I see that with acquisitions, that's right? Yeah, that's, like a, that's sort of a cliche, I know, but it's like, it's so true. It is. It absolutely is. And it, can you describe a time for me? Because I'm, I know looking deep inside myself, I know there was times to where if I'm being vulnerable, I neglected that role, right? Neglected that accountability to, to the culture and just allowed people within my company or companies to, to set that for me. Right? And it wasn't mine. And then I had to push a reset button. Have you been through a similar scenario at all? Um, I'll actually tell you one that's actually more important than just what happened with my company. I, I, um, I remember when I started the, when, when I co-founded the toy company with, uh, Pete, we, uh, you know, I was all in I and mean, we both were all in, yeah. we had everything into it. We were living out of the van. We were delivering product all over the place. We were, you know, hustling. And one of the things that I forgot and I sort of lost sight of was the family side. Mm-hmm. And, and so I didn't lose sight of the, 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 the business culture, but I certainly lost sight of the family side and the family culture and the fa- and what not being present when I should be, what that was doing, you know, I was missing stuff that I shouldn't be missing. Um, so I didn't have that. I don't, I hate the word business, uh, work-life balance. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> but, but I, but I certainly didn't, I certainly wasn't doing enough on that side. And so Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, and I, and it took business partners and, and my wife at the time, you know, and the family yeah. to say, you know, time out, you got like, you got to make some different choices, you know, and actually, you know, what really happened after that, which I thought was, I, I look back on quite often and think it's kind of remarkable when we sort of did our big reset a couple of years in and, and actually started taking some time off and started like leaving the office before midnight. Um, <laughs> you know, we Wait, that happens got, for a CEO. <laughs> we got better. Our business got better. Well, we got smarter. We got better. We got, um, there was more harmony in what we were doing and we found our we found our way better. And I think, and I, I don't, I don't know why, but, um, you know, when we, when we, when we re rebooted and we re sort of re looked at everything and we sort of reset, hit that reset button, um, things got better. And so, and I, you know, I think that was probably as a result, a result of spending more time with the kids and the family and, you know, taking a little bit of time off and then being able to come back and actually make better decisions and better, you know, uh, calls for the business. And so, um, but yeah, no, it's it's easy to lose sight, and, and you know, particularly if you're like us, like CEOs are driven people. We're we're driven people, right? We we're uber focused on the work and on making things work, and um, I think it's very easy to lose sight of some of those things that are so important, like the family and the and the and and then and also the culture, right? Also, some of those things that you like the culture of the business. I think is is easy to lose sight of. How did you finally concede? You know, when, when people, it sounds like maybe your, your spouse was telling you, Hey, 
I think you need to make some better choices here for the family. How, how did you finally give in to that? Uh, I think it was probably an ultimatum of some sort. I don't know. You know, yeah. you know, you've got to, it's, it's not, I don't think, I don't think it was an either or, but I think it was, look, man, this isn't working for me. And, yeah. you know, you learn if you value something and I, and I, not that I didn't value them. I didn't value the family. I just think I was probably taking it for granted maybe, or uh, knew it was there and knew they were there to be, and, and they were very supportive and just sort of took advantage of that maybe, or lost sight of that. And I think that those words probably um, yanked me back to some reality. And, and the other thing that, that the, my partner and I did was we also started to hold each other accountable. And that's, again, I think that's another reason why the business started really working for us is we started putting an accountability structure in place where um, we forced each other on weekends to at least every other weekend to take that weekend off, right? We've started yeah. forcing the, hey, the work is going to be there tomorrow. Let's leave. Let's leave right now, right? Let's cut off today. Leave that laptop on the desk, you know? And, um, and, and so I, I think that sort of helped as well. But I think it all sort of came to a head. And then it was either we were going to need to like do something completely different and go back to work doing what we were doing before, you know, with jobs or, hey, we've got to recalibrate this. And I, I think it was sort of a, a consciousness on on the family side, both of our families and the two of us where we were just getting worn out and burned out and that wasn't going to help anybody. So I think it sort of all came to a head at that period of time. And I think, um, you know, it took people from the outside to sort of yank you back. It took somebody. And that's the good thing about having people in your life that can do that for you, right. That, that know you well enough and that have enough, influence on you to say, Hey, you need to fix that. Right. And you listen to those people. For sure. It's what you're saying today is resonating because I just think of literally where I'm at right now. Right. I'm in a, I'm in a JW Marriott in Orlando. We're recording the show, right? It's top 2% in the world show. Right. And the reason I'm here is that it's, it sounds counterintuitive to to hustle culture right and it's exactly what you're saying because there's there's so much right now like in my cybersecurity company that is sort of chaotic it's almost like a reset button from an acquisition that i'm pressing and you know looking at budgets and layoffs and and all of this you know as we streamline i mean it's almost like what elon did when he took over twitter you know it's a similar scenario i'd rather do more with the same amount of people than keep the same amount of people and do less, but then there, sometimes with acquisitions, it's just how it is, you know, so things just happen the way they happen. And in the midst of all of this stuff that's going on, I'm taking a week and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm checking out at like one o'clock every day for a week straight. I'm going to, I'm going to check in in the mornings, you know, you and I are recording a show. I'm checking in with my, my key people, getting some work done, continuing to move business forward. But then it's, it's not staying till midnight. So the counterintuitive part, bro, is just that it's like, I'm saying we're super busy. We have a ton going on. I'm going to take some time off. Yeah. But it's helping, dude. (laughs) It's totally helping me. (laughs) And then then help you zero in and focus more. I mean, I think 
I think we, uh, I mean, I think that's the remarkable part. I mean, I, I see how you're lighting up and, and it's just, it's like it, that that's true. And, and it, when you, I think you're better when you have that sort of set time, right. And you, you take that time. I mean, it makes, I think it makes you sharper. I don't, I don't know why, but it does. <laughs> Same. And my kids are helping keep me accountable to this too. It's uh pretty awesome because i mean we, we talked just a little before the show it's like they love universal so it's like hey dad when are we going to go today you know when, when are we going to head out there today i'm like all right it's it's time to it's time to close the macbook this is the reason why we're here that's right i and love it bud and it's uh it's it's not easy to do it's hard but you know i um uh, i think once you do it i i mean it's it um that i've got a i gotta, I gotta tell you the story so i've got this yeah. I work with uh, as a as a coach. He's a I coach him, and he does something that's just really remarkable. He um he he works from home, and then he's, he's got three I think three small children. And what he does is he uh, he has his work clothes, and so he gets dressed every morning in his work clothes, and so the kids know like when he's when dad's in their work when he's in his work clothes that he's not off limits, but you know, not to bust in the door and, and disturb. And then he comes out at five and he puts on the, the, the dad clothes or the play clothes, so to speak. And that means dad is open for business and, you know, is there to help with homework and play and go out and shoot basketball and do things. And so I just love the sort of how he like sort of just switches, like turns that switch off, puts on the play clothes and the kids know it's time. Like that's their time, right? That's really cool. I heard a story. It was a Navy SEAL who's a friend of mine who would do this with his wife, and he would do do hats like like baseball oh, hats, cool. you know. And yeah, yeah. one would one would say CEO because they worked together also, but it was the same thing. He had two two little kids, but he would. It's like when he would talk, just to, so people would understand, especially his wife would understand what mode he was in at any given moment. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's it's a thing. I mean, I, I see this too. Like as a CEO, right? I see this. It's hard to. It's hard sometimes to to shift on a dime. Like the tone of your conversation. Yeah. yeah. So more softer and more personal versus uh, hardcore CEO. You know, it's a it's it's a different shift. So he would utilize similar scenario. Utilize different hats. You know, awesome. one would say CEO, but then he put another hat on. I don't know what the other hat on that said, you know, partner, or let's get it on or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he would use physical baseball hats to, to help with that. I can, I could go with that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Uh, did this shift happen? You know, cause I'm, I love how you're talking about this, this point in your life, because it's like, and I love dynamic shifts in anyone's life. I, I get excited over them because it's like everything that happened prior almost doesn't apply anymore because mm -hmm. you've actually truly made the decision. It isn't like you're trying to do something or what, at least I found this with me. It's like everything that happened prior, it's, it's history. It's past. It's not anchoring me anymore because as of today, I've made a decision. And it's like, when I know these types of decisions in my life, they're, going to be 100% different, a complete 180 going forward. Did that happen with, did that happen with you in the toy company? Did you see things start to take off when you made that shift? Is there a correlation there? Oh, it's, it's definitely a correlation. And I, um, I, I totally give that, that, sh that period, you know, when we made the changes and, and, 
you know, what, what also happened at the same time was we, we realized we needed to stop. And again, this is a cliche, but we needed to get out of, off the truck and get, you know, start working in the business and not working on the business, but working in the business. Uh, or I'm sorry, working on the business, not working in the business. And, and, and that was so true. And that was when we sort of made this big shift to stay, stay put, stay in the office, stay focused on the, the, the client, the product, and not going out there and doing all the things that we could actually hire somebody to do. Um, and that we needed to hire somebody to do. And yeah. we needed to take that next step and that risk to bring other people on to, to sort of take on some of these jobs that we had learned how to do. I knew how to do it. So I, did I need to do it anymore was, a, was the question I needed to ask myself when I needed to be more strategic because it was a, it was a terrible business model. And we had to change that business model. And, and unless we had time to, to do it and think about it strategically and, and, and then be able to, to, to make that, 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 that pivot, um, you know, if we kept doing and doing and doing, we're never going to have time to make that pivot. And, and that all sort of was around the same time when we decided we, you know, we, we can't be gone all the time. We can't, when we do come back to the, to, to, to the office, we can't be back. We can't be in there in the, at the warehouse for, you know, until midnight or two o'clock in the morning every day. Uh, and so the, the, there was a, it helped us actually make those, some of those key decisions. You know, when you, when we stopped running all the time, we were able to make key decisions that I think transform the business. So I, I think absolutely it was a big shift. Um, and, you know, talking about big shifts, I think is an interesting thing. Um, and there's, there's sort of those, those big moments where you have big change. And um, one of the things I like to talk about often with on interviews, but, you know, often in talks is like listening to your gut. And I don't know where you want to yeah. take this today, but um, I, I've defined, I think, a lot of my life by listening to, to my gut feeling and what, what my gut's telling me. And like I've had lots of different done lots of different things career-wise, everything from, you know, foreign service to, to, you know, running a toy company to running a coaching company now. And all of those sort of big changes um, going into Peace Corps when I was 28, you know, all those big changes in my life. If I hadn't listened to my gut say, it's time to do something different. It's time to make a big change. Uh, those are the times I think I would have, I would have sort of gotten myself in trouble, not in trouble, but I, I think I would have been unhappy. Yeah. I hadn't, you know, pushed myself to say, follow what, what my brain and my heart was telling me to do. And, um, and just been complacent or um, not taking that risk, not taking that risk. Um, I think life would have been a lot different. And it, you touched on something about being unhappy and I've noticed that anyone in this wide world can do things that they're really, really good at as mm -hmm. a, as a career, as a business and still be the most unhappy individual ever. Yeah. And it, it's because of what we're talking about today, about having that. It's like a, separation cohesiveness wow yeah that's that's interesting 
it's it's such an uh, you know a, a, almost like an oxymoronic phrase but it's a that's what I see this as. And I'm going through a lot of the same things. So, I mean, the, the timing of you and I talking, you know, I'm putting this out to the work could not have been better because I'm going through some of the similar scenarios right now that you're, that you've been through and it, it's hitting home. It's like, I, I know that everything from this point forward, because when I looked in, it's like, there's a lot of things and that I, I was just unhappy with. And a lot of it had to do with really letting go of my own accountability to myself, to my vision, to my dreams, to how I needed to push things and still being compassionate to other people in the process, because I love that, you know, and not to get into the cliche about people pleasing. It's just the, the compassion side of things is always going to be there. And I've learned this, you know, just over the past couple of months is that the compassion for others that are in and around my circle whether it's a, a coaching client, whether it's employees in my cybersecurity company, whether it's podcast guests, whether it's people I'm just talking to from stage, you know, or even out to millions at a time doing mass nationwide media, the compassion is always there. But yeah. the compassion is about their situation and maybe their choices because it has nothing to do with how it affects me and how it affects my dream. When I allow that to do that, then I, I, I let go of the accountability I have to myself. Mm-hmm. And that's been the, the, the lesson that I've learned over the past three months, man, is just getting into that perspective of like, I, I, I love you. I care about you. At the same time, the choices that are being made are not the best choices and they're being made by you, which means in order for me to protect my vision, in order for me to protect my dreams, there's decisions that I have to make that you might not like. But without them, I'm not being accountable and true to myself. That's right. That's That's the tough part as a CEO, brother. It really is. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, and I, and I don't know the situation and I'd love to talk about it. If you want to dig into it, I, um, you know, I, I know those situations and a lot of times for us, it was people who were with us from the beginning early on and who meant a lot personally. Um, and it, it was, it, it didn't do us any favor culturally. It didn't do us any favors in the long run to when, when they, when they couldn't grow with us. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that's what you're talking about, if that's the situation you're in, but um, yeah, that's tough. I mean, but you, you're right. At the end of the day, you've got to honor the, the 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 vision that you've set out for the company and 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 it's not honoring it if you're not um making some of those tough decisions sometimes uh, particularly around people you know yeah. it's tough i liken it the same man to no joke like the same as choosing to work out four times a week as i do mm-hmm. same type of accountability you know because uh, i mean that's the theme of the conversation today so your accountability to your vision is the same accountability that you know, so if you can do that, if you can tie it back to something else in your life to where it's like, I'm hardcore accountable to myself with this. And then you can take it, you know, to working out. I mean, that's a, that's one of the things that I, I love doing. I love staying fit. I love staying healthy. Anybody who sees me, you know, even when I go on like Newsmax, like, God, Rick's really buff. You know, I, I got that feedback and I was <laughs> like, I actually don't do it 
to, to that was just like a natural side effect, you know, to, but I, I do it because I feel good because I, I'm healthy. That's it. And then it's sure right. it's nice to look in the mirror. I won't, I won't deny that. But at the same time, when I'm not accountable to myself that way, you know, and there's been times, you know, cause even though it's been consistency over and over and over again, there's times to where, you know, like I've had a surgery that threw me off course for like six weeks, you know, and then it was difficult to get back into it because you lose that accountability. It's the right. same thing as you're, when you're a CEO with your accountability to your own vision is to where you start to entertain other things that are counterproductive to your vision for that same six weeks. It's like you allowed some external thing to come inside you similar to like a surgery. Right. And then that, that just derails your accountability to yourself in those moments. And then it takes a little bit of time. So I hope that people listening to us today can have a little compassion for themselves because when you lose that accountability to yourself, it does take a little bit of time to get that back on track. It's not right away, you know, or not a long time. It's not an overnight thing and it's not like a two year thing, but it could be like a couple of weeks. Oh, look, I mean, I mean, how many businesses fail? Because this is where we, this is where the CEO loses the, 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 loses it, right? So, uh, like, I've got the worst case of ADD in the world. And so for me, like, staying accountable to, you know, the, the, the business and the focus and my health and all the things, the family, right, is, is something I have to really, really fight to do. Um, how many of us get so distracted by the bright, shiny objects as the CEO, right? The newest thing. The latest, <laughs> every latest, damn day, man. Every Right. And so, <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, so what you're saying is absolutely spot on because, um, and, and I think that's where we get caught up and a lot of businesses sort of end up failing and, and, and missing it is because we, we don't stay accountable. We don't stay focused on what, the, the, the business is the, the, the product, yeah. the, the culture, the team, the, and the customer. And so I, I think what you just said is really spot on. And, it, and that's in those cases where people just sort of lose accountability to all of it and get distracted by all the stuff and lose sight of a lot of the, the key things that we have to pay attention to right every day. Yeah. The business is running. For sure. You mentioned your coaching business a little bit, and I know that's been going for many years at this point, right? Uh, yeah. How did you jump into that? You know, how, how are you like, hey, I can, I'm going to go help people now after I built these amazing companies. I think I can do the same for others. <laughs> um, it was really random. I, you know, I. <laughs> it is that way, isn't it? That's what I, I was asking, brother. <laughs> it's so random. I mean, I was on stage. I was on a. I was a. I was out in San. I was out in uh, San Francisco at a conference, and I I think I was sitting with Marshall Goldsmith, and um, might have been an ink conference or something. Anyway, um, we started talking, and um, you know, went to dinner, and next thing I know, I you know, I'd open a, a coaching business, and you know, I the reason why, is, and I'll, I'll tell you the 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 why I wanted to do it. So. When I was in Peace Corps, uh, I was teaching in Uzbekistan. I was teaching like current events and marketing, and I was teaching and um, at the college level. And I mean, it was the best two years that I ever had. And I remember thinking, you know what? If I can see that spark in people's eyes that I saw in those kids' eyes, 
if I can do that, that's something I want to do for a career. And, and the conversation I had with Marshall and then a guy named Mark Thompson, um, who's one of the top CEO coaches in the world, who became sort of a mentor. Um, you know, I said, if I, if I could do that for people and give them that spark and give them, you know, just that little push, that little bit of help that gets them to where they want to be, uh, then that's what I want to do. That, that sounds like, you know, but I, I never had a coach. I'd never had a coach in business. I wish I had, I mean, I'd, I'd have made a whole heck of a lot fewer mistakes. I'd have been a whole lot faster at, at growing the companies. I mean, I'd have been a lot better as a CEO, probably a lot more mature and a lot more focused. And yeah. a lot more, but you know, that's neither here nor there now, but you know, I figured, okay, if, if I can do that, then that's, that's a heck of a way to, to work and live and to, to get to help people. And, and that's, that's, that's sort of how that started. And, and it, you know, it's a journey of learning. It's a journey of figuring out a whole new business and how to make money, you know, how to, how to make a profit at it and how to, um, you know, how to, to what, what was the business model? What's the methodology and all that, uh, that, that certainly was a, was a process, um, and and what can I specifically help people with? What is my, you know, what is my core competency there? What is, what is the thing I can really do well that's going to help, help people. And so, you know, that took a bit to figure out and and that's where the accountability focus really came in. And uh, because I know that the, the difference that's played in my life, you know, when I, when I've held myself accountable and I've had a good accountability system, then I've been successful when I have it. Not so much. So, uh, you know, I knew, uh, I knew that's where I wanted to go with it. That's awesome. I love the randomness of it too. I share a similar cause my mind's just about to launch. Right. And uh, yeah. I always love helping people And then I'd be at events and I'd see friends there like, like big time speakers and, you know, people like David Meltzer and, and his team and they, they take oh, yeah. a look around David and I, he's an awesome guy. Yeah. He and I met, probably just about a year ago now. And we've done a lot since a lot since it was just like kindred spirits as I'm sure you had a similar experience. And uh, when we were on the show last week, I could. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, which, <laughs> the playbook. Yeah. I was on the show but, last week. David that's awesome. He's, a, he's an awesome dude. So as I was talking with, with him and his team and it was similar scenario, you know, that it was like, show me your DMs. So I'm showing him my DMs. And it's like, like, dude, there's all these people that want to talk to you. That want help from you that are in business. It's like you need to coach. It's like I know you've got the public company you're building and everything, but people are literally asking to to be coached yeah. by you. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm a coach yeah. now. You know? Yeah. No. No. I mean, when you when you have people asking for that help, I mean, you gotta you gotta do it. You know, you gotta figure it out. It's a I mean, it's a cool scenario. Something in you that they. Yeah. Right on. And it's, it's, it's complete contrast to how you see a lot of the, the coaches and I'm doing air quotes, you know, for everybody who's listening on iTunes and, and Spotify right now, <laughs> for, for all the, the coaches in air quotes that, that are around and be like, I'm going to be a business coach, you know, and they're, they're 19 years old, you know, and just, just graduated high school or whatever, you know, they just got done working at McDonald's a little bit ago. And not saying that those individuals have nothing to offer because I believe that they do. I think there's always value in 
anybody who's really one generation beyond where you're at. And so they could, but not so much the scenarios that we were in, you know what I mean? Cause it's uh, the, the, the wheat gets separated from the chaff pretty quickly when it comes to that. And that's a biblical phrase too. And it, it's very, very true, man. And that's the thing. It's like, if you're being asked to do something, it's way better than you trying to seek it out. That's one of the lessons yeah. that I learned around that. Yeah. Oh, amen to that, man. That's, uh, you know, I, I built the business before I had that audience and, and it, you know, now is a different scenario. I'm, I'm more in the boat that you're in, but boy, is that harder. <laughs> it really yeah. is. It is trying to build it from the ground up versus people just naturally gravitating towards you and the right people coming towards you for those scenarios. Yeah. And, you know, 10 years ago, coaching wasn't in the vernacular either. True. It, you know, I mean, it, that's a, if you think about it, it's, it's a relatively, I mean, it's been accepted for a while, but it's, there's a lot more acceptance around it. I mean, that's why you see, the, you know, the evolution of better up and some of these other, you know, coaching online, even, even in online coaching kind of things. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, I think boards and, and C-suite, you know, executives are now, it's not such a dirty, you know, a lot of my early clients were boards of directors coming and saying, we've got a CEO, we really like him, but he's got some problems, you know, he's got some behavior issues we need to fix. And it's like, okay. I think we've gone way beyond that now. And this is my yeah. point. That I think now it's it's based on, hey, we wanna we wanna up the performance. Like performance is good, attitude is good, things are good. That's a great time to coach and 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 actually get even better. Right. For sure. The other thing that I really enjoy about this too is cause as we're talking, you know, because it we mentioned David Meltzer, he is a, a very lucrative and successful coaching business too. And it's awesome because as you and I talk, and this, I think is also what, what will separate, you know, cause it, I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs in the audience that are listening to the show. A lot of actually a lot that are even looking to start a business at some point, you know, that that's a lot of the demographic that, that listens to all in that saying, you know, it's, I, I really want to do that. I really have the, this core of me that's an entrepreneur, but I'm working my job right now. I'm, you know, I'm 20, 21 years old, something like that. That's largest demographic that we're talking to. And when you're looking, you know, if it's not me, right, or right, if it's not you, if it's not David, I encourage everybody to look for somebody that's like us in the mindset that we have to where we're not out there trying to go after the market share of a different coach. We're not out there competing with some of the other coaches because uh, dude, there's, there's people that know way I, I took a company public, right? I mean, that's a pretty big thing. You know, you, know. you had a, a super successful toy company and a whole bunch of other things that you've done. You, it's a big thing. You know, yep. David, God, you look at all, all of his accolades, <laughs> right? He's done 80,000 big things, you know, and it, there's still somebody that we can always find you, me, him that we can always find that knows more than us in some area every day every day finally yeah. i see that every day absolutely I mean, even when i'm not looking for it 
it's I see it. I mean, absolutely. I know. So when you're looking for a coach, it's not don't look for the ones that are that are putting down the others. Don't look for the ones that are competing against others to try to gain their audience or, you know, to pillage their plunder, so to speak. It's a find the right match for you, especially when somebody's willing like you and I are to be like, I might not be the best person for you. You know, there could be somebody else that has more knowledge in this particular area that could really help you accelerate faster than I ever could. Oh, a hundred percent, man. I I don't, um, I can't coach everybody, you know, I, and so much of it is personality match. So much of it is, um, skill set to, to what they want to do. Right. Um, so much of that. I mean, I, I, I totally buy what you're saying because it, it, um, I, I can't coach everybody and I, I, um, and I don't have the skill set to coach everybody and I'm not a match personality wise for everybody. And, and I think that stuff's important when you're, when you're talking to somebody, you know, it reminds me what you, what you're saying is, uh, you know, we had, an, we did have a couple mentors early on in the toy business and <clears throat> what we realized about, you know, a year in was their, their thinking was much smaller than ours. And so their advice was counterproductive for us. I mean, what they were saying to us was, uh, was small thinking. And we, we were thinking probably way too big, but we, we had a dream, we had a vision and, and that's what we were going to do, you know, no matter what. And, and so there was just that there's this, that we weren't synced up and what, you know, what we were going to be able to get from them and what we were looking for from them. And so I think that's really important what you're saying. It's, it's really critical. No doubt. Even if what you're saying, man, that's a, that, and this is probably a great place to to bookend this today is where where you start to find that personality match because if you're looking for somebody to hold you accountable but instead it feels more so like they're actually pulling you back there's a difference between accountability and somebody holding you back yeah absolutely i mean to to your point you know with dave right it's again we're full of cliches today but it's like that the network the people that you surround yourself with right i i, I want to surround myself with the daves of the world you know with yeah. the rick jordan yeah. of the world because um i i learn from you guys i i you know i you're inspiring in what you're doing and so that pushes me harder it pushes me to be better and that, and see that's what i need out of out of I don't need much from Dave except his energy, enthusiasm, and his love, and his like, you know, his his support, and and I get more out of that than a contact or a, you know, a, a, a you know, whatever. But I mean, you know what I mean. So like, it's really important to surround yourself with people. They're going to make you be better and push you to to like follow those dreams and to like go after what you want. So I know people talk about networks, you know really important and it really is it's it's Uh, a board member of mine says your network is your net worth and we might just title this episode all the cliches (laughs) 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 it's a great place man brett brother thank you for being on man this was fun (laughs) welcome man have fun in orlando with the kids and um uh, we'll talk we'll talk soon sweet 